everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats podcast, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I am your host, Camille. Today I get to interview actor Nathan Vita, star of Sealed with a Kiss, Wedding March 6th. We talk about working with Josie Bizet, Jack Wagner, and Caitlin Stryker, his character Curtis, and relationships lessons people could take from this movie. Also, we discuss his current project now called Merry Little Christmas 3, starring Kelly Rowland, Black Love, and the slow progress in representation in media and how it has affected his mindset during the early years of his career. Here's the interview. Um, for our listeners, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Nathan Vitta, and I am an actor in Vancouver, BC. Your last name is Vitta? I thought all this time it was Witt. <laughs> uh, that, that's, I mean, that is one pronunciation of it, but um, yeah, I prefer the pronunciation of uh, Vitta. That, that's the, the German kind of phonetic way of saying it. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds German. Is that your, part of your ethnicity? Yeah, so I, uh, my dad's side's German and my mother's side's um, Bayesian, Barbados. Ooh, that sounds really cool. Never <laughs> even thought of that. So, um, you know, like the thing about it is I try to research all the people that I interview just to get like some background of who they are and stuff. But like, you're a blank slate. <laughs> Like I try to Google you, I try to IMTV you, I try to look and see. So my question to you is, who is Nathan Vitta? <laughs> <laughs> like who, 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 who are you? Like, where are you from? What kind of, if you were to describe who you are to any of the fans, who, what would you say? That's a very, very deep, deep question. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. I, I think that's going to take me right to the grave, uh, trying to discover who I am. Um, but I do many different things here to help myself discover who I am. So one of those things that I do, as, as you're aware from this interview, um, acting. And so acting has brought me out to uh, the West Coast on Vancouver, BC. I'm from originally Calgary, Alberta. So... Um, not, not, not a lot of people know that I'm kind of like a farm boy. Like I grew up in the prairies, grew up on a farm um, with my grandparents in the summertime, you know, looking after wow. cows and horses and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, hard work isn't something that I stray away from. It's kind of like my bedrock. And yeah. so um, getting into to the acting world didn't seem like a big of a feat to me like it did to some other people. And um, I decided to take this vocation because I didn't know what I wanted to be essentially in junior high and high school. And then instead of trying to figure out one thing, acting stumbled upon my, my realization that I could be everything by choosing one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done any like cowboy movies? That would be fun to do, like, since you grew up, like, with that kind of, um, in real life. 
it, it would be very fun. I've definitely, I've ridden horses uh, growing up, but I haven't done any cowboy movies. I don't really fit the demographic. There, when you, I know, like, that's you, what I was going to say too. It'd be a lot of fun to shoot a Western movie. I, you know, you know, I would be down to do something like Tombstone, like way back in the day. That's like one of my favorite Western movies um, yeah. in a while, but um, we'll, we'll see. The, the times are changing, so you never know what the future will hold. Which, um, so like your most recent role, which is what the interview is about, is The Wedding March 6, sealed with a kiss. I'm not gonna lie to you, I do not like the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 saw your, I saw your post. <laughs> but my question to you is, did you see the whole series before you ex- got the role? No, uh, I wasn't actually uh, familiar with the series before the audition. And um, and then when I auditioned for it, I didn't know I was getting the role until two months after, which was like a week before the role. So mm-hmm. I didn't um, uh, have enough opportunity to watch the series before um, in my preparation. So I just jumped right into preparation to get ready for shooting the week after. And then there's wardrobes and you know um, uh, hair stuff and all that kind of stuff to get get ready for the role. So. You actually are, were more clean shaven in that movie than you are now. And I like you now, <laughs> you were clean shaven. I like the like stubble or whatever, it's like now. I don't know why, but for some no. reason, with some men, the like stubble is much better than, you know. <laughs> I, I, I honestly prefer the stubble because shaving is, you know, a very tedious and, time-consuming task and and like shaving like it's it irritates my skin so I actually prefer it this way but um yeah like I'm, I'm currently like this for the the current role and yeah. you're you're not the only one I, I get a lot of people um on my social media who actually miss my full beard surprisingly and yeah. in Hallmark for the most part um this is part of their changing is that prior to the movie I did last year um, my best friend's bouquet where I actually had a full beard yes Hallmark was no beards yes. for the entire time I've been in the industry and for them to make that shift over has uh just shows kind of their their growth yeah. and uh yeah I, I I prefer it as well so <laughs> it's all good I, weren't you on Chess- Chesapeake Shores I had a beard? uh no, I think I was, I think I might've been like this with clean shaven. It was a very quick. Yeah, it was a very, very short, quick roll. But yeah. I remember watching it uh, just this past weekend. I was like, I think that's Nathan. You played a producer and you just like went and got, went to Trace, Trace, whatever his name is, Riley. Riley, it was like, uh, the files got deleted or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that's 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 the episode. Yeah, I can't remember what my picture. I'd have to look at a photo. But yeah, I, I looked at it. I was like, I think I. Was, but yeah, I thought that was with you with the beard. But anyway, um, so how was it working with um, Josie, Jack, and Caitlin? Great. Um, that was the first time I met uh, Jack Wagner and Josie Bissett, and uh, I thought it was a very cool moment for me um in my life because uh, i remember uh jack and josie from melrose place 
Um, my mom, that was like my mom's favorite show, that and then 90210. So yeah. those two shows I grew up just kind of like by happenstance watching, kind of like my dad watching MASH. Now I was like, oh, all right, it's, it's their turn. Um, so <laughs> I de- so it was very surreal to be able to uh, be in the same same movie, let alone same space as those two. And uh, it was fantastic. Jack is a, like, he's such a professional and he's uh, such a, a, a well-grounded human being. And he, he carries the vibe for the show or for the whole series. I guess it's kind of like his, his series that he's pitched to Hallmark. Um, so he, he's, he's kind of like the head honcho on set. And uh, he comes in and he takes control. And I, I really admired that about him. So it's like, especially on like the first days, sometimes first days on set, everybody's just kind of figuring out their place, you know, figuring out the energy. And then Jack's in there like a dirty shirt. He's like, all right, everybody like up the energy. Okay. You know, we need a little bit more here. We need a little bit more, more there, you know, let's bring the vibe. Let's run these lines. Like he he's in it. And, uh, and, and that's what I love. He's like, it's like taking the bull by the horns. So I really uh-huh. admire that about Jack and, and Josie, is she's like his perfect balance because she's so chill she's calm um she she balances out jack's kind of like yeah let's go let's go because she's like okay yeah and she's so sweet (laughs) and her her and i were able to connect like heart to heart immediately as like almost like we were like two souls that had met before kind of thing like we were able to just go so deep get get past the pleasantries and just be able to just get real and 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 talk about life i mean uh those are the kind of my favorite things to talk about and and so uh, i really really enjoyed my time uh with her and then caitlin uh caitlin striker her and i this is the first time her and i were acting in this capacity but we worked together um already a year ago doing uh, a play where she was directing me her and her uh co-director carmel admit were directing me in this online oh. virtual play yeah i saw the video on it on her instagram and i was like oh this is different <laughs> that's that's one way to put it it was, it was definitely different doing a play with no audience but yeah you worked with caitlin before in a um play title cock yeah there you go you just gotta say it (laughs) i know it gets people wide-eyed what is cock about and what was it like working with caitlin in that capacity uh cock is a uh a play that has no props um it doesn't really have uh yeah it has no props and it's uh no furniture so it's just actors on a stage in a circle um like emulating a style of cockfight and it's about um a main character named uh m who is is a gay character and i play john his partner and we are in a, in a long-term relationship that gets to the point where <clears throat> sometimes you can get complacent or you're picking on each other's nerves, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and so uh, M's character starts to kind of like wander and he meets this woman out and um, he notices that she's attracted to him. And then they start to make this connection and he discovers in himself that he now likes women 
and, and men. And so he's going through this conflict of, um, I sense essentially like an identity crisis of like, right. who is he? And what does it mean to like one or the other? And, and then eventually in the third act of the play, it comes to where I've invited the woman over for dinner and it essentially turns into what can be looked at as a, a cockfight between the two of us kind of competing over uh, M, the main character, uh, and, and then him kind of in the middle trying to figure out for himself what he really wants and doesn't want. Um, and so the play kind of plays on these modern takes of like labels and who we are supposed to be or who we're not supposed to be. And, right. and, and, and the fact that if you've decided to be one thing, you can no longer be anything else because you made that decision. Right. And, and so it, I, I thought it was a, it, it was a great exhibit on the human condition of who we are um, as individuals and our place in the world and kind of what that means. So it's kind of got like an esoteric vibe to it as well. Um, and there's some comedy in there. Uh, and then of course, in the third act, um, my father, I invite my father over to kind of back me up because he has his woman there. So I try to make it even. So it, it, it's got some hilarity in it, but it was very challenging to do a play without any uh, uh, furniture. There's no setting, there's no props, but there's a lot of talk about props. So as an actor, it was challenging to let go of all that. And that's mm -hmm. what I, what really drew me to the play was this was that and then the fact that we were doing it during covid right. and and so we we caitlin and carmel um decided as well as troy who was playing the lead um and um they were created this immersive experience where they were filming it handheld in the moment so as we're acting we've got these cameras kind of moving around us in the plane and immersive and and you could see the camera as the audience member watching online and so that really drew me to the to the play because i'm all about trying new things and experimenting yeah. so this, and is like, this isn't actually like in theater because when i think theater when i think play i think like theater and audience this is like online video kind of thing yeah and it was and it's supposed to be in in, in a theater setting where people mm -hmm. can view it yeah. and almost like a coliseum where it's kind of like you're in a circle so you can see all the way yeah. around uh but yeah, this was a completely new thing I've never done before. Same yeah. with Caitlin and the rest of the uh, the cast and crew. I feel like that's one good thing. That's one thing about COVID that is positive, even though we're it's still negative, is that it's kind of like had people um, do stuff that they never did before and try things. They've become more creative with how to express themselves, you know, with like, you know, I've never heard of like a video play, if that makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? You're absolutely right. And, I, and, and it was great because it, even though there can be a lot of negative aspects to this pandemic, we, we were finding ways to find the silver lining. And the beautiful part about it as well was that we started to show the art world that there's other ways to create art. We don't have to just shut down because the world says shut down. And right. what was cool is now people in London who wouldn't have been able to see the play have seen the play. People in Australia. So we had people all over the world wow. watching our play. Whereas if we didn't do that, it would be only people in Vancouver. Right. And 
And so then that inspired people in Europe to also want to do something like this during wow. COVID. So the, and, and I think that's kind of the essence of art is to, to inspire. Evolve. And evolve. And evolve, yeah. And to, yeah, create new and, and, and express uh, the times as they yeah. are. So where that where can we watch it? That's the uh, tricky part. So they were it was we you can I don't think you can. So this <clears throat> the streaming service has a very restricted viewing, and it was only last year. And then we did a, uh, a another viewing this year, this past summer, uh, like an encore presentation. But they haven't released the footage for us to reveal online because there's copyright Ooh. issues with the play yeah. and stuff like that so um hopefully sometime in the future you know with enough time that passes people can watch it that doesn't sound interesting though like to because i i feel like that is a discussion so many people are um facing with it's like the whole identity uh, sexual orientation identity kind of thing gender identity that kind of thing it's like if you are labeled if you come out as gay but you're attracted to to someone of the opposite sex does that mean that you're not gay anymore or what what does that mean you know what I mean or like you know uh, same with like if you're straight but you find a woman attractive like for me or something like that would that mean that I'm not straight anymore? You know what I mean? It's like, when does the line blur to something else or whatever? I, or just Yeah, and I, I think that's some some kind of issues with us as, as humans and people is that we are always looking to label and put things into a box so that we can feel more comfortable about our understanding of whatever yeah. it is that we may not have an understanding about. And I think the less that we try to label things and, and go for more of an emotive perspective and 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 feeling then i don't think it should matter like i don't right. you know you know whoever you like if you like because love is love at the end of the yep. day yeah love is love that's true uh, was that your first time playing a gay character uh no actually i've, I've <laughs> being in vancouver there's a there's a large uh gay uh population here and so and it and and, and it's it's more open here it's more free Whereas I come from Alberta, Calgary, and it's contrary. And yeah. hopefully it's, 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 it's better now. But when I used to live there, it was definitely contrary than it is here. Um, so because there's a larger demographic here, there's a lot more people doing um, art. And so I've, I've done probably three plays now uh, playing a, a, a gay character. Wow. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I, it's fun. I, I, I think it's fun. There's, there's, there's some, like nuances within the gay community and like those types of characters um that um i really in, enjoy playing yeah so um back to curtis what are some similarities that you have with your character some similarities and differences that you have with him? well uh i mean well, that's kind of the you're fun. an actor <laughs> like yeah, he is. Right? so that's that's a <laughs> Definite uncanny parallel right there, as <laughs> uh, that we're both actors. Um, but I think, like myself, and um, maybe in a in a large demographic of males, is that um, we tend to go to the beat of our own drum and um, can sometimes neglect or forget 
what our partner uh, is is expecting from us or what will make them happy. And so uh, I it, it's definitely not the first time I've made my girlfriend uh, maybe unhappy with some of the decisions I've made. So yes. uh, there was definitely some some things in my personal life I could pull from to help me yeah, express those moments of uncomfortability when um, I'm asking my partner to compromise on her wishes. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I did not like that character. I, I was like, thinking, I, I, I put on my podcast, I was like, like men, if you get, don't, if you want to surprise your girlfriend, don't get a mortgage. especially not where she wants to live (laughs) like unless you want the wedding to be called off anyway (laughs) but yeah don't do that don't do that (laughs) and I think that's there's some some great Go buy jewelry. That's that's a nice surprise. <laughs> right? It's a nice surprise. And 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 maybe try not to do it where you're buying her love like Kurt was maybe doing a little bit in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, even though a lot of ladies will probably still enjoy the uh, the jewelry, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? But yeah, don't buy a, a house unless, of course, <laughs> you discussed it first, right? Especially <laughs> if she doesn't know where you're buying it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be like, uh, oh, honey, hi, surprise, I got you yeah. out. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we're moving across the world. And <laughs> <laughs> then the whole, like, uh, the thing about it is, too, is um, the other thing I pointed out was, has, like, uh, what's her name? Autumn. It's like, girl, you're supposed to be this strong, assertive woman. That's what that's why your character's nickname for her is Maj, named after uh, Majestic Mia, her character that she wrote. Wish that, I kind of wish that book was real. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, girl, you're supposed to be this assertive woman. What, like, why are you le- letting your guy's career, like, it, silence you into wanting what you want, you know, saying what you want? for your wedding, like setting up for yourself, you know what I mean? Right, and, and I think that's a, you, you bring up a, a very big point. And and I think there's a lot of nuances and intricacies when it comes into relationships that it's not as easy as just saying, you know, yes and no. You know, for one, Autumn and Kurt, they went to school together. So, and you know, they they, they grew up together. Yeah, but, so there's, yeah. there's, there's the this friendship aspect and then there's this history aspect. And then, there's when you're in a relationship with someone that you know as far as I can grasp is that when you want to marry that person and spend the rest of life with that person you want the best of the other individual and when one party is starting to really excel at an aspect of their life that they're passionate about I think for the most part in a lot of cases your partner doesn't want to come in and impede that process, doesn't want to be a wedge between you and your success because they love you and they want to see you do well. And so like every relationship, we all have to compromise to a certain degree. And and, and I believe that's what Autumn's doing is that she's compromising. It, it starts off like, oh, I'll compromise this, this, this. And the next thing you know, a couple of weeks go by and you turn around and you go, oh, wait a minute, I've actually compromised more than I thought I was going to, right? And um, and, 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 and sometimes it takes that much to go, oh, wait a minute, like 
I'm actually doing this for you and not for me. And right. then she eventually does stand up for herself. Yeah. And, and, and I think, um, and, and when she does, it's warranted, you know, yeah. because uh, it, it shows that Kurt's kind of got this negligence to her, even though he's conscious in some moments that he's like, hey, is this okay? Okay, it's okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like it's like you ask your character asks with like i i don't i don't know how to say this but your character asks sort of knowing hoping that she'd say yes or kind of like sweet talking her to say yes kind of thing uh, like one of my best one of, one of my favorite moments is when you your character and his best friend went fishing and yeah he was like he said just because you can persuade someone to do something doesn't mean that you should mm -hmm. because like sometimes we have to like you said in real relationships you kind of have to give and take and it's at some point like you have to recognize you're taking 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 but not really giving you, you get what i'm saying i do yeah and like i think what also lends i think it the it would be a lot different too for a lot worse for autumn in that respect if um my kurt's producer or not producer his publicist wasn't publicist. there yeah but because he has one in one ear and the other in the other ear, he's constantly trying to appease both sides. And so it it, it really plays. And then of course, Autumn can see it. She's like, oh, his, his career is actually here. His publicist is actually here. And so she doesn't want to seem like, you know, a bitch, right? Which sometimes women can be misconstrued as when they stand up for themselves, yeah. right? And, and, and I, you know, I guess she was lending to that as well, where she doesn't want to come across as like someone who's like, you can't, go after your career you know and then if if kurt's publicist wasn't there i think it'd be a lot easier to just say no on the phone hey you know no we're not doing it bye you know yeah. end the story but he's got his publicist there kind of hey man hey man poking you know, poking poking yeah yeah and when you've got someone saying hey your career's on the line your career's on the line and and, and you've been working your entire life to get to this moment the last thing you want to do is shut the door now yeah right yeah <laughs> now, I I'm, I just wish that y'all like she had spoken up for herself more because I I don't know I just feel like the I I look at it more like your no one's career should be that important or that intimidating or that whatever that silences your voice. You know what I mean? Because the whole time she kept saying, I'm doing this for Kurt's career. I'm doing this for Kurt's career. I'm doing this for Kurt's career. I'm sitting there like, well, what about you? You're like, you're the bride. This he, Kurt's career is secondary, like not even in the picture. You know, it shouldn't be in the picture anyway. You're the bride. Speak up for yourself. You're like half of the wedding. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And I think um, that's a wonderful perspective that it was able to instill in yourself and probably a lot of other viewers out there. And it, what a great opportunity for women watching this to go, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be like that. You know, I, you know, an opportunity to, to see somebody else going through these motions of 
compromise and giving away pieces of herself when she knows she doesn't want to, right? And, and, and allowing the viewers to go, you know what? Yeah, I should be sticking up for myself. You know, I should be doing things for me and for my partner, but not at the expense of myself. And, right. and, and I think that the script did a wonderful job doing that because here you are now going, damn it, I did not like her. You, know? <laughs> that you, you, you might change the way you, 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 you go into your relationships in the future. Yeah, that is true. So um, your newest project, which you're in the middle of filming right now. So first of all, you look good in that picture. What was you in a white coat? In a, like, I don't know what you were. You were like, you look good in that picture. Hopefully <laughs> I, I am not trying, I am not like, I hope I'm not offending you or crossing no, any lines okay. or whatever. Like, I appreciate it. You look damn good in that picture. <laughs> They're doing such a great job on that set, like the makeup artist, the hair, the whole, the wardrobe. I saw Latanya's picture. I saw James Cadbro. I like. I saw Kelly's, and I was like, "Damn, who is working the set?" And they are like killing it with the costumes and the makeup. I mean, every single person looked good. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's back up. You're working on Very Little Christmas 3. And so like, which is fun. I love, like, I when you, the very first IG story that you posted from back behind the scenes. So I did not know that you were doing MLC at the time. I was like, ooh, I like all that melanin. <laughs> yeah, so do we. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> all that melanin is good. Because, you know, we, we talked about this. There's, um, there's a severe lack of it, especially in um, some shows. But anyway, um, let's talk about MLC. What what is it? What's your character gonna be? And you know, what's the story? And when does that come out? And whew, man, y'all yeah. look good in that movie <laughs> already. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I, I'll try to say stuff without revealing too much. Uh, this is the third installment, obviously MLC three. Uh, I'm I came in in M, uh, MLC two yeah. as the love interest um, for the character that Breach is playing, yeah. and um, and so it's just uh, an extension of that. Uh, so it's it's, uh, it's yeah, it's another Christmas with with the littles, for sure. I can't reveal too much, of course, and it it'll be out um, uh, around December, Christmas time. I'm pretty sure. I am so guilty of never having even seen the movies. So, like, what is what is it about, really? Like, okay. The full premise of it. Um, and and what you will, if you do decide to watch one and two, it they and then now three when it comes out, it where, like where do you watch one. these? Because it's on Lifetime, I know, but I don't. I turn off cable, so I okay. need to know like the streaming app to watch them. They, I, I think Amazon Prime may have, I know Amazon Prime has Hallmark, yeah. and uh, I think they may have Lifetime as well, but um, don't hold me to that. Um, <laughs> but um, so the, the Merry Little Christmas is where Kelly Rowland and Thomas Cadro, uh, they, they connect in the first one and um, become kind of like an item and he's her neighbor and they kind of hit it off. And the first one is like the Christmas just turns into this disaster. And, 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 and Thomas is there 
with like this um, gentleman uh, uh, poise that uh, helps ground kind of the, 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 the movie when it gets kind of hectic in Kelly's family's world. And it's the Littles is this big family that always gets together around Christmas. And, and, and in essence, like you were mentioning about seeing like a lot of melanin, this is uh, an opportunity for Kelly and her team and just Lifetime and the film industry to showcase melanin in a positive perspective where it's not, you know, there's no gangsters, you know, that we're not, you know, there's people ain't selling drugs and people ain't shooting people, you know, it's, it, it's, it's beautiful to just sh- movies to show black love. And I think that is the, the, the basis and foundation of all of the Merry Little Christmas. That's awesome. I'm happy that this is just like, you know, showing uh, the real black love. Yeah. Yeah, that it that it that it exists. You that know, black that black families exist. That's what it feels like with this cast and crew for sure. We definitely feel like a family, and uh, and and the opportunity to be able to be a part of something that can showcase black love and highlight it. I think is very rewarding um, and, and I'm honored and privileged to be a part of it because like, as, as I'm pretty sure you're aware of like BLM, the Black Lives Matters last year when that was really taking off um, and we were shooting the second installment of Merry Little Christmas all over TV, they were, the media was projecting movies um, that black people were in and were about, but it was always like boys, um, menace to society or you know Jews or you know it was all of these these movies where it was showing uh, black men as gangbangers and, and and it's not to say that those don't have the place or that it doesn't exist but it was almost kind of like a backhanded compliment it's just like here we are trying to help uplift the black community because of the black lives movement by showcasing more black talent but all I could see was violent black talent you know what about one of my favorite Black love movies growing up was love and basketball. Yeah, I was just, that's, that's like mine too. Like, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> like, I grew I, I watched that movie on repeat. That was like my favorite thing ever. Uh, what was his name? Shit. Um, oh, God. It's been so long since I've seen that. But I, I mean, I was a kid. That's what I grew up watching too. Like, that movie was really showed me aspects of love that uh i i was just starting to discover at like yeah. the age of like 11 and 12 and 13 yeah uh, that was a good movie too oh, i love that movie <sighs> yeah i didn't see that on during black Lives matter you know I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know right like hello show that but oh uh, but yeah it's You're absolutely right that was um and go back to one of your earlier questions, like to know a little bit about me, that was in order for me to start to see a little bit more success in my career, um, early on in my auditioning process, I wasn't booking. And instead of looking outside myself as to like, oh, it's my agent or it's casting or it's this, that and the other, I, I always looked in and go, well, if I'm not booking, it's me. And uh, after a lot of introspection, I discovered that I, when I was reading the audition sides 
and visioning the character that I was auditioning for, I was actually subconsciously visioning a white person. And I didn't know that for the first few years. And, uh, and, and of course, when I go into the audition room and, and, and take those few minutes to portray the character, no one's going to see me if I can't see me. And here I am not booking because subconsciously I was seeing a, a white person in my mind because I grew up just watching white people on TV. Yeah. And, and that's how deeply ingrained it goes. And so I really had to uh, sit down and mentally fix the way I saw myself. And so that every time I, I got an audition that I'm actually focusing in and going, that's that, no, I got to picture my face and not just kind of pretend like I'm picturing my face. And, yeah. and that just goes, and that's just a testament to like what media can do to the mind. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing that the world is waking up to this. Yeah, it's taking too long though. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more, but it, it, at the very least, it's happening. Yes, that is true. Um, do you have any other projects coming up? Other than Merlo Christmas? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, two more projects coming out. Um, there's one, another one with Hallmark called Sit, Stay, Love, but it will probably change the title um, because there's movies now all coming out with that same title. <laughs> um, where I, I play like the love interest between two different ladies in there and they're kind of competing and I own like a, um, uh, a, a conglomerate of uh, grocery stores and so it's a, it's a it's like a dog love movie um and then i just recently finished uh, just before jumping on merry little christmas uh doing shooting a movie with jordan sparks Ooh. and yeah so that'll be another christmas movie coming out on the lifetime is that, is that the one that she's doing for hallmark because i know uh, she's I'm, doing one for hallmark this year too i think it's lifetime and maybe it's all i'm i thought it was lifetime but yeah she's 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 uh it's a it's a Christmas um, movie, and uh, that that should be coming out pretty soon. Well, obviously, May, like November, December. Michael, so you so you are working with singers slash actors. It's it's pretty cool, actually. Like I, it's it's funny how like certain careers go in certain ways. And I I'm I'm a music lover. I was into music before acting. Um, Do you I, sing? I'm, I'm I I sing, but I I do more uh uh spoken word and poetry um and, and hip-hop and i'm a lyricist and so yeah. right now i'm working on my voice i do a little bit of singing getting better at that uh, what did you do during covid were you, I, I i assume that there wasn't a lot of filming going on during 2020 uh, though well oh, no i was uh i was i was filming and um i didn't realize until my agent told me uh earlier this year that um, I was one of the few actors at the agency that was working throughout the, the pandemic. Wow. He was like, yeah, he's like, we were kind of twiddling our thumbs. And he's I was like, but there you were, Nate, you were like repeatedly going on set. So I, f I feel really blessed and um, privileged to, to have been able to work throughout COVID. I was also working at a corporate job um, during uh, at COVID um, at a cannabis company. Uh, up here and then uh they, they they fired me which was uh probably one of the best things that's happened to me <laughs> so now you can do full-time acting exactly which is exactly what you want to do this is kind of what you want to do you don't want to be corporate 
Exactly. It was perfect timing. Like the day they fired me, the next day, uh, my agent called me and told me I booked my best friend's bouquet. So it was like the universe was t- giving me all the signs. Yeah. I actually, that was a good movie too. My best friend's bouquet was nice. That was it. Was that your first time meeting for Hallmark? Right? Uh, leading? Yes. That was, that was my first lead with Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. But what was your like first project with Hallmark? Uh, I think that one was June and January. That was maybe five or six years ago. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was, well, you have moved up. <laughs> yeah. I want to keep moving up. I know, right? Well, keep moving up. What's that, what's that um, old TV show with Jess? Move it on up. The Jefferson. Would be lots of power in the sky. sky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for letting me talk to you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>